I'm all about cricket. I've even made myself available for Saturday. Um, so that is how desperate I am for cricket right now. Pierre, um, episode 37, three in a week, mate. We are flying. Flying. Flying just like Scotland are. Yes. And uh, for all you sports fans out there who are probably getting a little bit bored of me and Pete, we've got a very special guest. Ronan Alexander has joined us. Um, mate, how are you? I am good. Thanks for having me. Nice to be on. Usually listen to most episodes, so yeah. Top man, top man. And for the sports fans out there, mate, you are a bit of a stats man and creator of Scouting Cricket. Is that right? I uh, set up my own kind of podcast and things in kind of lockdown, um, which is mainly focused on cricketers aged 24 and under. Done the podcast, uh, magazine, that type of thing. But I've not done much for it lately just because now I've done that when I was at uni, now working full time, and then I've managed to get some other bits and bobs. Um, in cricket since then. So I'm doing some stuff with the team at the moment, which seems to be going pretty well so far. Brilliant, mate. So you, are you actively involved in the current Scotland setup? Are you you stats man? Are yeah. you an analyst? Uh, well, George McNeil's doing the bulk of it. So he's like full-time at Warwickshire. Um, but he gave me a message um, just before the tournament asking if I wanted to help out. So I've been putting some slides together in opposition. So we're just finding common dismissals for other teams' batters that you can try and exploit, looking at the other teams' bowlers to see what kind of variations they bowl, just so batters have that kind of one step ahead and knowing what they're going to come up against. So I'm enjoying it. It's been good so far. Yeah, that is excellent. That's class. So did you have anything to do with what is notes? Did you did you uh, send them that bit of paper? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I heard, it, well, when he done that in the T20s, he gave George... McNeil will be shout out for it, so you must get some stuff from, from what we use, so it looks like it's going to good use anyway. Seems to work. Absolutely, mate. That's class. Brilliant. Pierre, how's your last few days been, mate? Yeah, just thinking what a great student of the game Mark Watt is. That's, that's two, some words I would never thought I would put, put into the same sentence, but no, that's certain. I've, I've been all good. Um, I, I feel, do you know what's great about podcasts is the fact that nobody can see what we look like, because Ronan's got this he just looks so coiffured with wonderful, uh, wonderful hair, um, looking very smart. I'm a sweaty mess, having just mown the lawn outside, and um, and yeah, just I feel like at the moment, you know, like a week and a half ago, I hated cricket. I was fed up with cricket. I was bored of it. Um, I was all about golf, and I'm just totally hooked right now. We've had the Ashes, one men's and women's series, both been fantastic. Obviously, all that's going on with these qualifiers. And I've spent the best part of the day following my beloved Gloucestershire getting smashed around the park by Yorkshire. So it, it, I'm all about cricket. I've even made myself available for Saturday. Um, so that is how desperate I am for cricket right now. Class. Ew, what are you going to be playing? Watson's twos, threes? It might be a little transfer. There might be a little transfer. 
breaking news. Yeah, I might be going back to my beloved Marchmont. Just uh, you know, you never know. With, with, with the good grace of Watsons as well, to be fair, I'm still very much want to be affiliated with that club and uh, help with the juniors and stuff like that. Not that that's important right now. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to, I want to find out more about Ronan and these notes that he's writing for people and things like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's been working anyway. It's been working. Um, so after after the, the heroics against Ireland, we've continued with two wins, two more wins. So through the Super Six, um, we'll start off uh, with the UAE. Um, didn't look good early doors, chaps, and then... Captain Fantastic comes to the crease, um, who's been in no form whatsoever, and puts together 127 runs off 136 balls. Um, and basically, from my opinion, kind of played himself into form, really. Started off slowly and eventually uh, ended up with a match-winning knock. What do we think of that? Well, absolutely. I mean, I I, I really enjoyed it. And... Um... You know, I, I'd like to think in our last podcast, we did say that we felt that there was a possibility he would come good. Um, albeit, I also said that partway through the Island game, I thought he would be thinking about his resignation. So, you know, what do, what do I know? I don't know. Ronan, did the stats tell us that he was definitely going to get this big hundred against the UAE? What was what? what why, why did this happen? I'm I'm basically think, looking at you thinking that you're going to be able to tell us the exact reason as to why Richie, all of a sudden, after several scores that look like a long phone number all of a sudden produced uh, a, a, a big century? Uh, I don't know. I think he's been batting five the last few times. I think he's better suited to four, but obviously he's had a series of, I think the commentators say that he'd average like, scored like 180 runners in his last 15 games, but too good a player to go like that for so long. So he was due it and then obviously backed up with 60 against old man. So he seems to be back to his best. So it's good to see yeah, there was yeah, there was definitely a bit of a swagger I felt about him. Like at that, certainly the second half of that UAE innings, it was like watching the Richie Barrington that we'd seen for years and years. That up until then, the way he was getting out seemed very like he there was something in you know that was holding him back as a player, as a batsman in particular. But even that second part of that UAE innings, and of course the way he came out against Oman. There was a there was a real strut, a positivity, a kind of confidence about him. I mean, that I suppose is inevitable, isn't it? When you're when you're when you're scoring runs, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's really good to see. It's so promising when all of a sudden you know we're, we're missing George Munsey, and I don't know if, if you know why, why that is the case, but uh, but you know he's a key batsman for us. It's really important that Richie steps up when the rest of the batting is pretty young. So really good to see. I think Munsey's been ill. I think there's a bug going around. I think, I don't know if it's 100% true, but I've heard that I think Sharif missed both the warm-ups because he was ill. And then Brandon McMullen didn't bowl the middle overs because he had to go off no feeling well. And Munsey's now ill as well, but I don't know if he'll be back tomorrow, but hopefully. Yeah, I've heard similar. And I, know, and I saw him walking around the pitch with, I think it was Hamza, um, one of the games with a, with a hoodie on and the head down. So, yeah, he's obviously there. He's just not not fit. So, hopefully, it is a kind of temporary um, hiccup for him. Um, anyway, towards the bottom of that, that innings against UE, Mark Watt, again, featuring with a bat, folks. Um, 
what what I thought was really important there was they put 110 on for the eighth wicket and they gave us that momentum going into the second half of the UEE match. You know, the UEE probably thought they'd shoot Scotland out for oh, 200, 210, and in the end, um, ended up a good bit more than that. Um, what do you think's changed with Watty? I think he's just started to slap it a bit, a bit of confidence. It's pro. I mean, it looks like a bit of that. I mean, I guess I appreciate it's a completely different coloured ball and it's four day cricket. But I know he's been playing a bit more four day cricket down in Derby. Ronan's going to tell me something completely different now. But I guess when you're playing multi day cricket, you're always going to bat, aren't you? So you're all, so so consequently, you're probably um, he's just I guess volume of quality bowling is going to improve. His batting would be my assumption. I never thought he was a bad batsman. Certainly in league cricket, he's he uh, you know when he was at Heriots, he was batting pretty high, um, but he looks really com- competent. Competent. I mean, he's a seasoned pro now, isn't he? At the end of the day, um, and he's never been a complete rabbit with the bat, so it's only natural that he's stepping up. I know there's been a few calls for people to say, well, he maybe should be moving up the order a bit, and I noticed obviously he did in the second game, mainly due to the balance of the team. I'd still have him in that position, but um, I don't. I don't know if there's any data to, to back up what I'm saying here, Ronan. I'm just scared. Sorry, I just. I feel. I feel. I feel like I'm saying things without any credence whatsoever, and leaning on you. I. I don't. I kind of think the same thing. I don't know if these two knocks have shown that in the past we've kind of picked. I think Greaves has got in a lot of teams to kind of balance that team because he's someone you can offer a line at number eight. I wonder if Mark Watt those two knocks have now made us realise maybe he could do that and they can pick an extra steamer or seven because although Greaves got five the other day, he doesn't always bowl ten overs. So you could pick someone who can guarantee you ten overs, but then see what's getting runs from nine. Greaves is picking up five wickets. So everyone's, everyone seems to be going so well. So I don't know. <laughs> Good dilemma to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So second half of that innings, we saw wickets for... Soul and Sharif. Um, I thought Soul. I think Soul is looking like the strike bowler that we've always hoped for in these kind of tournaments. Um, bowl with real pace and kind of spearheading the the attack. Um, didn't really have an answer to it. I think brute brute pace is that safe safe enough to say he is. I love, I love how the, I love how the uh, graphic on the television says he's right arm medium. I, I tell you what, he's definitely not right arm medium. Um, but no, he's bowling so well, isn't he? He's bowling. He's he's, he's getting his areas right. I you know, and um, and I just hope it's very hard to do because it's seven games. But I hope he's playing in every single one of them. I know that's going to be very tricky. At some point, he's maybe going to need a rest. And that's why we've got, uh, I guess, an abundance of seam bowlers in in the squad. But um, yeah, he looks he look he looks he looks brilliant at the moment. And uh, he might not, you know, he got the wickets in that game. But in the games where he hasn't got so many wickets, he's actually been able to um, not go for too many runs, which which was always a problem I felt for him. Even in league cricket at, at, at Grange, some some weeks he'd see him going seven eight and over. Um, that's really been tightened up, and and I think he's a real character as well. You know, um, I don't know Chris all that well at all, really, but you know he comes across very well on social media. 
when you're touring away down in Zimbabwe, you probably need somebody like that in the dressing room. I'm sure of that. Yeah, Ron, anything to add with Soli? Has he, uh, has he surprised you? Do you think he will manage to play throughout these seven games that we've got lined up? Or what's your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's had any kind of injury stuff in the past, but I mean, you'd want him to play every game the way he's bowling just now. And um, I remember writing an article before the, I think it was the 2021 World Cup, um, expecting him to miss out because I thought he just kind of struggled for a bit of consistency. He seemed to bowl a lot of loose stuff, but that seems to be like a complete thing in the past now. He just seems to get better and better every game. So, yeah, hopefully he can play every game. It's probably one of these athletes, I think you find them more in modern-day sport, is he, he is probably highly tuned. He is at the kind of peak of his powers and he is exerting a lot of pressure through his body, um, bowling at these kind of paces. It's a bit like Mark Wood, really, isn't it? Like Because you're pounding that deck so hard, eventually you will pull up with something, but I think we've just got to hope that that they manage him throughout and with a little bit of luck he can continue bowling into the, the next four games that Scotland have. Um, so in the end, quite a comfortable win. Sorry, sorry, Ronan, you go. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think after the Sri Lanka game tomorrow, I think the next game after that's Saturday. So that's like, what, three or four days off. So that could be a, a good opportunity for him to rest up a bit and then reset for the next few games. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that is the case. So yeah, in the end, <clears throat> quite a comfortable victory over the, the UAE as we'd as we'd hoped. They seem to be struggling for form, and then that brought us on to a man um, who we have quite a good record against actually, but seemed to be hitting form. Obviously, with uh, beating Ireland, the UAE, and then um, up against the Scots, started very slowly. Um, McBride again fall into the LBW and that brought Cross and McMullen to the crease who put together 81 run partnership and looked looked to be in good nick. Um, Cross is still finding his feet I suppose and scoring scoring slower than, than he usually does but with McMullen there um, who played fantastic innings wasn't he? He was absolutely superb and I didn't see it all, but I saw the first maybe 60 runs he scored and on the front foot especially, along the floor, just looked like he could pick he could pick a, any gap and put the ball between fielders and, uh, and keep it on the floor. More, more importantly, he looked, he looked really assured at three. Absolutely. Do you know, the thing is, regardless of the outcome of this competition, um, we've got to find, haven't we, really? I know he's played 10 or so ODIs or, or have many games for Scotland now, but, the, you know, 23-year-old, big boots to fill when you're thinking he's playing a sort of McLeod-type role uh, with a bat, but also got an important role as a swing bowler. You know, um, in many respects, you know, we haven't seen a, a kind of a bowler. I'm trying to think of another bowler we've maybe had in the past for Scotland who bowls a bit like Brandon McMullen not particularly quick, but swings the ball and nibbles it off the seam. It kind of reminds me of a different era in some respects. Maybe Drummer, for example, or something like somebody like that. Um, so it's really, really good. And it's such a find because, geez, he's only 23. There's a big future for him. I've already heard the commentators talking about counties. You have Preston, I think, was mentioning counties and things like that. 
great, fantastic. Um, it's it, it's it's so exciting. And yeah, okay, somebody might, some people might say, well, it's only Amman, um, but it's big runs and it's lots of wickets in a major tournament, a tournament where really we're looking at the next ten teams down from the big, or, or sorry, from the big eight. So you know, it, it's a it's a serious serious competition. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we get some more runs tomorrow? You know, that would be fantastic. But it was a superb knock and it was really well supported um, throughout. And I, th I, I think, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast. Conditions in Bulawayo seem to be very much like in on either of the grounds. You've got to win the toss and, and bowl first and try and exploit those first 10 to 15 overs. And we were very patient in, the, in you know, building an innings after losing a wicket in the first over um, against Amman. It's slightly different in Harare, from what I can tell. There's just lots of runs being scored, um, but uh, but yeah, um, really well built innings. And and even though you know, I mean, geez, we've got a big enough total as it was, but uh, but we could have even had more. We lost a few wickets, I suppose, towards the back end of that um, back at back end. Um, yeah, Ronan, you'll have first hand experience of playing against McMullen. You played against him a few times. Presswick Sterling. No, I was kind of in the twos when we played them, so I never got to play against them. But I, I'm sure there's one game we the twos finished there, which I went down to watch, and I think he scored a fifty, opened the ball, and got a direct hit where I run out from the boundary. I was like, yeah, this guy can play. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah, I'd echo that. Because it's it's been a it's been a tournament for finding players that are going to hopefully play hundreds more games for Scotland. Um, one thing I would mention is Bilal Khan can bowl. He was yeah. he was impressive. He was impressive. I must admit, watching him bowl, real dangerous left arm uh, over bowler, causing causing havoc for everyone. Really, um, yeah, I haven't really seen him before um, in, in detail, but yeah, handy player. One other thing to add as well, Liam, that I thought was quite promising about that innings. Again, you can say, well, it was only a man, but. I thought Thomas Tom McIntosh did pretty well with the 32 there of 20 odd balls, particularly given. Well, I know people who were watching that, the commentators were constantly saying, Oh, they should have put Leask up the order. Why didn't they put Leask up the order, Preston? Why did they put this guy Tom McIntosh? And yeah, I don't think, you know, Tom McIntosh at the moment doesn't command the crease, does he? He's kind of a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a young lad. He's 20 years of age. He's, He's finding his feet in international cricket and and, and at Durham, and I think you. But but he came out there and he, he actually built an innings, but still, and was at that point where he could have easily got himself to fifty off of four, you know thirty eight balls, which is kind of a good a good notch to be going at. I I would say um, supporting a, a a set batsman and with some other bigger hitters around him, um, reverse swept very well as well and played some proper cricket shots. So that was really good to see. Ronan, I think I'm right in saying, did he feature in one of your programmes? Did you do a piece on Tom McIntosh? I did, yeah. I wrote quite a long kind of article on him. It was a while ago, so I can't remember all kind of what I wrote about it, but I remember speaking to like Ryan Flanagan about it as well, and he was like really complimentary of him. And then like Pete mentioned his reverse sweeps and that there as well. So his ability to kind of hit 360 is something that's good as well. He's not like a proper like power hitter. He's, I don't know, he's just, more of like a stroke player, he can hit all around the ground and kind of find gaps where the field is aren't. So yeah, he's a good one to watch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
polished them off second innings. It was getting a little bit all over the place at some points. Like Grievo's picked up a fifer. Um, played a bit of cricket with Grievo, he'll tell you. There were five gems, but it was on telly, I saw it. They weren't five gems. Um, other days, he <laughs> might have went for 90 without a wicket, but he got his, he got his five for. It's one of those things with legs, but they just seem to uh, pick up wickets with long hops, really. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fair play to Grievo. Bonus, like you said, Aaron and Bonus, full allocation of overs and taking his five for. So, fair play. Other than that, the wickets were more or less shared round. And again, so... Showed early doors. I think he bowled five overs for five runs at the start, which kind of immediately puts the blockers on a man getting anywhere near 320. If I was in Ronan's job um, and I was doing the data against Scotland, I would guarantee if Chris Greaves' first ball of any spell is halfway down, it's always halfway down, every single time. Every time. You might as well... It's, it's been the same for about 15 years as well. And if ball against UAE and it was on the TV, I was sitting with my girlfriend, I was like, watch this, it'll go halfway down, he'll smack it for four and he did. How did you know that? <laughs> Guaranteed. But didn't he? I'm pretty sure he didn't he did that against Bangladesh in the T twenty, didn't he? And got a wicket with his first ball. I um, or, or maybe it wasn't his first ball, but it was just like that's his one of his one of his many boxer tricks. Golden arm. The Glenn Roth is Shane Warne. <laughs> So, folks, that brought us that, that brings us nicely on to the end of our group. So, we play Sri Lanka tomorrow, um, who have won their three games comfortably, large margin wins. Um, Ronan, what are we thinking for that game? Are we gonna are we gonna cause an upset? Um, I don't know. I think everyone will be pretty confident. But I think before the tournament, maybe a little bit more reserved about the team. But I think there's that kind of feel-good factors back. And I think no matter what they do in the rest of the games, everyone will be pretty chuffed with how, they, how they've done so far. So it's kind of like a free hit. But I think even the the West Indies result today has really opened the door. I think it's between us, Sri Lankans and Babwe, mainly now as well. And West West Indies can win every game. But I think that result today has maybe helped things even more. So I'm looking forward to it. Do you not think the Dutch are still in the mix after that performance today? You know, they've gone and chased three, seven, six, and then one on a super over. I know they're not a strong Dutch team because so many of their players are missing, but I, I can't help but think they, they've still got something to say for themselves as well. Yeah, I think, I think, do we not play them in a warm up game one win? So I don't know. I, I feel more confident against them than Sri Lanka and the West Indies. But I think we play them last as well. So see what we need to do when it comes around to that. Absolutely. Yeah, you're spot on, mate, about the... Um, even if Scotland lose the remaining games, so let's hope they don't, but if, even if they did, they still, they're still punched above their weight, I think, again, uh, in another tournament and surprised a lot of people, um, people at home and people, cricket and supporters from all around the world, again, um, and it seems like, like we spoke about, they've unearthed another couple of gems. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed we get another couple of wins and may even. I think we can beat Sri Lanka tomorrow. I think they're due. A, they're due a tough performance, aren't they? Mm-hmm. There's this one guy who's got a hundred. Has he not got a hundred in every game so far, or something along those lines? Is it? 
Kararatne or something like that. That's terrible. I might, I'm not even pronouncing his name right. It's embarrassing. Sorry. I, I'm well, practically looking at Crick Info now going, what's his name? What's his name? They, but, chased, uh, they chased 98 against the man, Pedro. So if he got 100 that okay. game, then, that's impressive. Well, he didn't get he didn't get a hundred in that game, but he got a hundred in the other games. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, the, the, I, I I imagine there's a lot of top secret information that Ronan's got on how we're going to get these guys out tomorrow. But but we, we can't divulge that until after the event, and and then he can go. Oh, well, I told you, I, I had it all on a, <laughs> on a spreadsheet. It's in what his pocket, isn't it? Already, you know. <laughs> I remember looking at him and how he'd been out. I was like, this guy hasn't been out. So what are we going to do? But. I had to look okay. at other things for, for what he'd done in his career before this tournament. So, Wind, toss and bowl is key, I think, tomorrow. Wind, toss and bowl, get that ball swinging. Sri Lankans will not be... Maybe, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll get out to the half-tracker by Chris Greaves, that, that, that one. Maybe that's <laughs> his weakness. No, I think the, I think, uh, the Sri Lankan batsman would eat that stuff up for breakfast. Um... <laughs> Anyway, Rowan, let's let's talk more about you, mate. Let's talk more about you. Where did um where did this interest in our kind of stats and performance come from? How did you how did you start to look at cricket in that way? Um, I don't know. I always like grew up playing football manager and stuff, and try to sign players based on their stats and stuff, and that kind of thing always interested me. And then, um, just over lockdown, I was listening to podcast scouting scouted football and then it was looking at footballers aged like 23 or under or something um, and interviewing like analysts at teams, journalists and that and I just found it pretty interesting seeing kind of other sides to football that don't normally see and I thought maybe there's a gap for this for cricket and just gradually kind of got more and more into it and then to start speaking to people about it to get interest in it and yeah just kind of went from there really. And, and like the the stats that I've seen you use, like the um, plotting graphs and things like that. I've saw you for the regional series and stuff like that. How how does that come about? Is that kind of all computer stuff, or are you fishing out stats yourself, or how how does that go about? And um, so at the kind of higher levels, it's quite easy to do. I use a website called Crickmetric, and you can just search up a player and filter it by like opposition player type, and it will tell you their runs, balls faced out, fours and sixes against like left arm seam, right arm seam, leg spin, left arm offies. So you can easily find like weaknesses in players or what they're good at, who they hit against and stuff. But for the regional stuff, yeah, a lot of it was going through it kind of manually, just knowing who the bowlers are and then tallying up their runs and balls faced and how many times you get out against spin and seam. And then shoving it onto a spreadsheet and then into a website, and it just makes the graph for you. Um, but yeah, so what, but I think there's kind of a, a gap to do that more with Scotland stuff because the way the like A team stuff and that selected, I'd like to, you know, what are they based on players picked on? Because you hear a lot in interviews and stuff, like when they're playing friendlies and that, that oh, we're trying different combinations and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But so like, I'd like to know, like, what are you? find the different combinations based on like are you just putting a guy at number five for the sake of it or is he actually like a really positive player of spin that would be, be useful there so I think they can use stats a lot more to try these kind of combinations so um, just 
yes, I think that would be useful going forward, but it's just getting all the stuff together to do it. Is there, out, of, out of interest, Ronan, is there anything that you've picked up by doing this data in Scotland that you think they're not doing right now that they should do? Yeah. Um, I think when Monday comes back, he should open the bat and then cross go to five. Because um, cross averages 19 when he opens the bat in, but he averages 35 when he bats five. And I most recently remember him when he batted five against New Zealand and he whacked like 55 or 50 balls and he batted really well at the Grange against New Zealand. Um, so I would do that. And I don't know where the kind of idea came to put Monday at four because he's never really batted four for Scotland. I don't know if he batted four when he played county stuff at Kent, but he's batted five or open for Scotland. And he averages 44 when he bats five, averages 44 when he opens, but he averages like 12 when he bats four. So I would open with Munsey, have Berrington at four and cross at five. I like love it. that bit of insight. Love that. That is that is a gem. And Rona, how have you been received? I, th- I think I remember you saying ages ago that you were keen to help out or you're keen to offer your your services. And is it is it now being welcomed type thing? I think so, yeah. George McNeil, I speak to him a lot, who's doing the, the bulk of this stuff, and he says that what I've done has been really useful in that. And then when we played against Air early in the season, I had a chat with Hamza for a while after the game and stuff, and he'd seen like the stuff I'd done on Twitter and that and um, some other bits and bobs. So I think players want that kind of, those extra kind of nuggets of information. So the fact that it's been, been useful seems to be pretty good as well. So hopefully it seems to work. After you take Scotland, after this this data and what you just said there, and you get and you're a key part in the back, but a key part of, of getting Scotland to the World Cup, you're going to you're moving to Bristol and you're sorting out my county, Gloucestershire, because we're the worst county in cricket at the moment, and they haven't got a <laughs> bloody clue where any of them are batting, and the bowling's all over the place. Um, I can definitely I, I don't know anybody really there, but we'll, we'll get you in there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what what is it you do for uh, work, or is it something completely different? I just have a standard nine to five job, work from home. So because I can work from home, I just skive and watch cricket. Hopefully, no one from work listens to this. But... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it won't be long before doors start opening. I'm sure with things like this, definitely. I've got a friend who. He used to, this is a bit off-piste, but he used to click on the the numbers of the players' shirts. This was for Hibs back in the day. I think this might have been Opta. And he then got a job at Blackburn as their assistant analyst and now as head of analyst at Man United. So there you go. And he went, he's gone from clicking on numbers at Hibs, which would have been about, I don't know, 2006 or something to get in a job at Man United about within 10 years within 10 years so just shows you what can happen if you if you get your foot in the door that's what you said if you get your foot in the door people will remember you so um, I'd love to see it mate I'd love to see it that would be uh, brilliant how's uh, how's your own game going this year down at Presswick I see you are sitting kind of mid-table five wins four defeats yeah we've done done okay I we lost our first three games in a row um, I, it's just frustrating that we lost every game pretty much the exact same way, bold first, and then just there's moments 
the chase. We could have got on top, never quite, and just fell short three games in a row. But then we beat Clydesdale and then won a couple more games. Um, then lost up at Sterling, where we just had one of those days where we were just rubbish. But then won two games since then, so we beat Uddingston and then one down at Dumfries on Saturday, which is always a, a nice place to go and play. So doing okay. And then the T20s have been better. Um, we've won every T20 so far, so we're in the quarters of one comp and the semis of the other. So they seem to be going well so far. But no, enjoying it. Change from, we used to always go left arm seam. And then we played, we played like Pollock or Sunday and bowled them out quite cheap and opened the bowl. And, and then we had a cup final on the Sunday. And because we chased it like one down or something, some of our batters like, oh, I could do a, a hit before tomorrow. I was like, oh, I can't be bored to bowl. I just bowl spin. So I bowled some left arm spin, and the coach was like, oh, this is quite good. So <laughs> from then, I just bowled left arm spin. So it's, it seems to work. So, And it's a, a lot easier than trying to run in off 20 yards when you can just walk up two paces and bowl at more or less the same speed. Yeah, Liam, it's a lot easier. It's a lot <laughs> easier. That's why you're still playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say, Lauren, I didn't say that. I, I did think you'd change from seam to spin. Um, and obviously, down at HTO, it's usually get it's usually quite dry, um, spinner-friendly conditions, I'd say. How's it, how's it looking down there? Because if it's anything like up here, it's not rained for about six weeks. <laughs> uh, it's, I think the forecast is terrible tomorrow. Um, but the outfield, but a lot of work done in the outfield over the winter because it gets a bit of bad rep because it's so bumpy and and that. But so the club put money towards it, but the dry weather's just burnt the grass. It's like a beach. So there's not really much you can do. But yeah. Who's uh, anyone giving you some assistance with the old left arms down that way? Is, is um, Mitchie Rowe still, is still there? And I'm thinking that Andy Tennant is he ever in the area? Uh, no, I was, I've met tenors a few times and when I've done some bits and bobs last year with Scotland Women, he was there, so I spoke to him there. Sometimes still pops in the club and that for a pint, so uh, see him when he's in. But obviously he's down south at the moment with, with Sunrisers, um, so you keep a wee eye on their scores to see how they're getting on as well. Um, but no, then Mitchell see, doesn't bowl anymore, just plays as a bat, but usually still asking questions and stuff. And then our club coach Satchin's a, a spinner, so... Yeah, he gives me kind of most of the advice and stuff. Prepare me, super. Pierre, what's on I, for you I, uh, tomorrow? Will you get to see the game? Uh, yeah, absolutely, I will. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Another day sat in front of my desk um, watching cricket and pretending to apply for jobs. Um, but no, that would be great. That, I'm looking forward to that. Um, should, should be good. And I, I suppose, yeah, you just say it's a bit of a free shot, but do you know what? This is now part of the Super Six, isn't it, really, in many ways? So hopefully, um, I give us a one in ten chance. I'm going to still be the pessimist, but I think there's still there's definitely a chance. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. How about you guys? Are you going to be watching it tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be, be watching it. Me. Sorry, Ronan, you go first because it sounds like you're going to watch it. Yeah, I'll have it on, yeah. I think it's on proper... TV tomorrow on like the West Indies game today, which was such a good game, but it was like hidden. I watched like the last two overs in Bet365, like for a World Cup qualifier, it's pretty poor. Yeah. Little moan before a goal, but isn't it just absolutely ridiculous that it's two 
from this whole setup that qualified for the World Cup is just ridiculous. But the best way to the best way to end that is for somebody like the West Indies to not qualify because cricket. I know the West Indies are not the same force they once were, but to the nostalgic older generation, they very much are. And and if they don't qualify for a World Cup, I'm sure heads will roll. I think there's talk of changing the numbers anyway. So um, yeah, uh, and and ideally it's Scotland who are who are taking that place. You know, let's believe, boys. Let's believe. Anyway, thank you both for your time, especially you, Ron. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us tonight and. Uh, Helping record this uh, podcast, mate, and uh, all the best going forward. Hopefully, you can unearth some more statistical gems for uh, Scotland. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers, Ronan. Thank you. See you later, Pete. See you, mate. Cheers. Cheers, man. See you.